I'm Izzy Rock, host of Tells from the Hard Side podcast. And you're listening to the Bad Parenting Podcast. Go rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Warning, the following auditory experience may contain themes of an adult nature. The opinions expressed are those of the podcasters and not of their respective employers, parents, and or legal guardians. Content may not be appropriate for children, small animals, work, and your mom. Enjoy the show. Diabetes. Fucking pussy babies need to toughen the fuck up. Of course that was stopped. I do like that. Oh my fucking god, I shit myself. Was I supposed to be so puppy? This could be a while. Puppy smash. Bad burning podcast, we're all up in your mom. I always swore I'd never beat my children. I'm drinking some milk, bitches. We had donut cheese. No, no way. Nothing ever gets done in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, awesome. If only you could see the glare. Hey, I'm Justin. No, that doesn't work either. <laughs> oh my god, the smell. I hope you're ready for a clusterfuck of epic proportions. Love your children while keeping your sanity. This is the Bad Parenting Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to episode 137 of the Bad Parenting Podcast. I'm Justin. And I am Jody. And first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving, one and all. We didn't really say it at the end of the last show. Yeah, so. we get this whole time thing messed up. Right, yeah. But, well, we, you know, we, since we're time travelers, it doesn't really... Yeah. Time's not something that applies to... Uh, bullshit. Didn't work Um, right. But happy Thanksgiving and... Hope you had a good one. Hope you had a good... Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed your holiday. While your... we're at it, let's just say Merry Christmas and get it over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we do have the tree up. Y- yes, it's you not, did this while I was idea, away. But the tree's up. So. I had a busy, busy work day and you were like, I'm going to put up a Christmas tree. And I'm like, wow, you put up. I didn't even notice until you said something, which is kind of startling since, since I walked right past it and it's glowing on. bright. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's how stoked I was about well, work stuff. I, I, I figured we always get in this conundrum where we decorate too late and the tree, kids get bummed because the tree doesn't come down in time. Yeah. And I had free time the day to do it. Plus, I honestly couldn't remember where it was at. So I knew it was going to take me some time, possibly possibly take me some time to find it. So it turned like, out it didn't take long. No, it took me 30 seconds. I walked to the garage. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> so that's good. But yeah. I, I, had I not done that, it would have taken us like three days to locate the fucking thing. It would have been after Christmas before we got it up. So, um, yeah. I'm down to have it up now. It's fine with me. I don't I, mind I as long as it's rule. after Thanksgiving. Exactly. I, I don't care. It was after Thanksgiving, so we're good there. Um, so that's good. And then, yeah, it, it's up. And then, like I said, I didn't actually decorate it. I wanted to save that for when the kids are back because right now they're at your mom's house. For uh, the second night in a row. Yeah, and, and I wish we'd had a little more notice. I know. Spend the weekend I would have done It was an impromptu weekend. Cool. Like they were going to spend one night there. And they both begged to spend a second night there, which is fine. But I'm like, damn, we could have done like, you know each other no. <laughs> <laughs> but other than than that activity i can't think of anything like because we still have i mean we have ezra right which isn't a bad thing but no you just we walk still, him in the garage and we can do what we, we want still have a kid here but and we're you know doing this budget thing so we don't have a lot of money to like go watch a movie or something right so i couldn't i can't really think of anything we would have done instead each other <laughs> You're really stuck on that, aren't you? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
it's not the end of the world and it means i get to sleep in in the morning which mm-hmm. i did not get to this morning because i pinged awake at 7 30 for some well, reason well i was still asleep which is really weird i know i woke up and you're sitting there and i'm like i don't want to move this never happens like i'm like <laughs> why don't. is he still asleep <laughs> nobody moves nobody dies so i just lay there like as still as a statue as i could and then all of a sudden you pinged awake about well it wasn't i this. pinged awake it was your dog tongue in my mouth again well i was awake i don't understand why he probably because you beat the snot out of him in your sleep i'm I willing don't. to bet i don't no, you're not awake you there's don't know no that. way i do it i'm not a violent sleeper i'm not no but you're a violent waker upper like if somebody tries to wake you up. No, you, I you, am not. I have been beamed before by you, so <laughs> I know this from experience. So if you've rung his bell once or twice when he's trying to wake you up and not realize it because you're not fully awake yet, I can see why he'd prefer to lick my mouth, as gross as that is. If we, and honestly, like wake me up, okay, that's fine. I'd rather not have you shit or piss on my floor. Totally understand that. But the French kissing is where I draw the line. Like, you don't need to sit there and, like, try to check me for what I had for dinner last night via my mouth. It's just gross. <laughs> but you've had a pretty eventful week. I have. Um, so, real estate is one of those professions where you work and you work and you work and nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working. And then all of a sudden, stuff you did three months ago catches up with you. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very extended timeline kind of work like you work really hard this month and in three months you'll you might see that payoff um so i had and i've talked about this a lot we i basically took the summer off yeah. like kind of on accident like i closed out what i already had going but i didn't do very much in terms of like finding new clients and and building relationships with people so it's been a slim couple of months mm-hmm. for me business wise and in mid-September, once the kids were back in school, I really hit the pavement hard with getting, um, you know, talking to more people and getting things going business-wise. And it's finally paying off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there's certain things you can't talk about yet because there's disclosures and whatnot, but you've got stuff in the pipeline now. Yeah, and- I've got, I've got um, a closing next week. Yep. And I've got um, a pending buyer that closes in january and i've got um uh, two, two new listings which is a bigger deal in the real estate world right. and i have a buyer that is uh put in an offer last night and i think will get accepted so that'll close sometime in the next couple months mm-hmm. so things are moving right along Yep, and if we can just now the key is with when we get you have these, to maintain. <laughs> we can maintain these couple of uh, closings here every month or two. We'll be just fine. I mean, it'll help us out quite a bit. But yeah, it's been it's been raucous. You've been going crazy and yeah, and all of course place. it happens. This would have been a busy week even if Thanksgiving hadn't happened. Right. It would have been a busy week for me. Like I I've, I've been running all over the place like mm-hmm. a crazy person for the last week and a half or so. Um, Which reminds me, we both we need to get your serpentine belt replaced in your car yeah as well as i'm sure you're probably due for an oil change i again. am i was gonna mention that <laughs> so you gotta get both those things taken care of so i've been running around like a crazy person and then you throw in the holiday when nobody else works but i've got shit i need to do like i've got pictures that need to be posted and listings that need to be signed and right. like i've got so much going on and even if the holiday hadn't been this week i would have felt really busy and then but it did happen and so i felt even busier um yep. Well, and I took the entire week off because we had Tempe surgery on Monday, too. Right, which, which the doctor was... I, I didn't believe him when he said it'd be a couple-day recovery and she'd be okay and we'd be okay for Thanksgiving. I figured we'd probably have to cancel. Yeah. And we didn't. No, she was she's fantastic. Like, yeah, I mean, she's... That, that's Literally the next day, she was like, 
I'm good. Yeah, she's like, my throat hurts, but I can do this. And so we just kept her on a dose of Tylenol, and she was fine. So, and she's breathing through her nose. She doesn't doesn't snore snore. anymore. It's insane. Yeah, so I'm 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 watching now. I'm look. I'm hoping that those um those constant dark circles she's always had under her eyes from never getting enough deep enough sleep will hopefully go away because she'll start actually like snoozing now. But yeah, when I came out, because we, we had her on the couch right outside of our, you know, there's the living room right outside of our bedroom here. And uh, just so we could keep an eye on her. Um, and I walked out to check on her a couple of times and I, I, I had actually had to like see if she was breathing. I'm so used <laughs> like, to her making so much hold noise. Hold a mirror over her nose yeah. or something. I'm it's... so used to it sound like a Mack truck sitting at an idle, you know. I'm like, <laughs> she la- oh yeah, she is breathing. Oh, wh- wow. So yeah. I'm excited for her to, and like she's actually, I've watched her breathe through her nose when she's sitting watching TV now instead of looking like a mouth breather, which she actually was. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I mean, I'm, I'm super happy we made the right decision because we were kind of, as a parent, you always Especially spread. toward the end, the more disclosure, the more paperwork they have you sign that says that they're not held liable, the more you question what you're doing. And at one point, there was some confusion that she might be getting our tonsils out as well, which I'd already talked to the doctor that they weren't going to do. Right. And then they're like, no, we're going to, that's what it's scheduled for. And I'm like, no, I don't think. And so I was even getting more nervous. I'm like, no, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Right. And... But as I'm, soon as the doc showed up, he's like, no, no, no. They they had a communication problem or something right. like that. Which, in the grand scheme of things, if he had gotten in there and had to take the tonsils out, at least he would have had the time to do it. So, yeah. not the end of the world. But I'm I'm feeling very, gl- very good that we made the right decision that she needed to have that done. And I think it will make her much more healthy in the future. I right. already feel like she doesn't even... Okay, so before the surgery, she had a stuffy nose and a little bit of a cough right. from nasal drippage. That's gone now. It's too. gone. Yeah. It's, like, it should be worse, if anything, because the surgery should weaken her immune system. But if she's completely healed. She's completely better. She can breathe. She's not sniffly. Yep. Um, I just can't believe the change. And I just, I'm very excited. Well, it just goes to show you how much post-nasal drip affects your upper respiratory system, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, and we uh, we did it at a local, really well-known, renowned children's hospital here, um, Legacy Randall. And the whole thing is... Like it's, it's, it's for kids. It's set up. As, it is a truly a children's hospital that, yep. and everybody there is perfect and great about dealing with children. And there was only one staff who, um, and it really wasn't the hospital so much as they have a volunteer staff that works in the, um, that you, you go to a waiting room while you're waiting for your child, um, come out of surgery, which I thought was kind of weird because we went back to the, the room that we were in mm-hmm. for recovery. And it's like, well, if our stuff is in here and it's going to stay in here, then I really don't know that I need to stay in the waiting room. Couldn't I just stay in my private room? And- I think it's because they want you right there for the to yeah. be next to it so they call you back from the recovery right, which but. is which is possible I, I don't know all the ins and outs yeah. and the, the back end of it but um they called for her on uh you know for for us to go back or so we thought for us to go back yeah. and well, then and, and looking back he said to uh, a mom for tempe and right. i said okay and i went back and you came with me but it turns out there's only space for one person back right. in the recovery area and i what, what i gather is that when it's not so full when they right. don't have so many people coming in at once that it's it's right. who, whatever, you know, two people or whatever. Yeah. But yep. it was full. It was packed. They actually had to move. I couldn't fit between the bed and the wall. So they had to move the bed over a smidge. And mm-hmm. like, it, it was a really tight fit to have us 
to have me in there at all. Right. No, and you know, and I totally jo- And they did tell me specifically that I I could switch with you. Like, does dad want to see her blah 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 and Tempe was like, "No." No, <laughs> I, which is fine. I, like I said, so I that wasn't, you know, that that's all fine and dandy. What uh, what upset me at the time and I'm still debating on whether or not I'm going to talk to them about this because it's not it's not so much I'm I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm wanting somebody to get in trouble for it. I would rather it be more of a learning experience. Um, but for me when we got there, then the whole procedure is explained by multiple people. It's like, okay, we're going to go in. They're going to do this. After it's all said and done, we'll take you guys back to recovery. You can see her. We'll help her wake up, et cetera. Um, and then we'll get you guys back into this room. You got to, you know, so on and so forth. So as as our as the expectations were set, we were both going to go back to recovery for her. So I made it a pointed effort to say to her, hey, honey, don't you worry. I know you're nervous about this, but mommy and daddy will both be there when you wake up. I'll be here. and I'll, I'll be right there by your side. And I had made a promise to her that I was going to be there when she woke up. And they, A, didn't bring me back there, which, like you said, it was too full, which was understandable. B, wouldn't give me any information. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm the dad here. Like, you should, yeah. like, something needs to be explained to me. Like, why can't I go back there? Yeah. I mean, and so I was decided against raising any type of a scene because it wasn't really going to help the situation any and it wasn't going to help my stress level or your stress level or anything else. But I wanted to because I was just like, you don't just not let somebody go back and see their kid who's been through a surgery, no matter how minor or extreme it is, and not say anything to them. But the person I was dealing with was some vol- old volunteer that, you know, as far as I can tell, he just, he it's what he does. It's, you know, because there was two older people there and they were like, it was a really strange setup because they were there and people were asking them questions and, they did, they like they would give information, but it wasn't really any helpful information. Yeah, like, and it was all like on the they they have to flip through the paperwork like eight billion times. Like right. Well, the funny thing was like so somebody would walk up to that the screens that they were sent by with their little special special number they gave you to check who you're because they wouldn't put, they don't put names up there. It's all private and hidden, so you can't you know I guess HIPAA and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they give you a special like eight digit code that represents your kid. So you go up there, you find the eight digit code, and so I go up there and then. Um, we're looking and every time somebody went up there to look at the kid, like they go, well, what's your, what, you know, what's the child's name? And, what, and so they tell them and they look at the little schedule. Oh, yep. They're back there in the OR right now. And they're like, I know it says that up here on the screen. <laughs> it's like, so like, what's the purpose of, uh, I'm sitting there questioning, like, is the screen overkill and we don't need it because we've got the old people here or the old people overkill because we had the screens now, which one is it? And then if, if somebody actually had an actual question for them, they're like, oh, I don't know. You're, you need to ask your doctor or your nurse when you see him next. And it's like, so exactly what are you here for? Like, I'm hoping this is a volunteer-only position because if you're getting paid, you're not doing anything worthwhile. I mean, that's that's one less thing. We could cut out of the little bill there and make my insurance rate go down a little bit. Well, I don't um, think they... So, I don't think they pay them. I'd hope not because I, they were useless. I mean, I, I feel bad to say that. They're volunteers. They're very, they're very sweet old men, but like they, they had no... They, they kept the chair from getting cold. That was about the only purpose they served. And like the guy answered the phone one time because the phone rang for whatever this, this, they had this phone on the wall. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. And then it rang. I'm like, that hasn't happened in forever. Like these phones don't, they still work. Okay. And then he was talking to me on there and he's like, I don't know. And then he looks at the paper. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're scheduled for the surgery. And you hear the person on the other line, like fr- you could like hear the frustration over the phone. Like no shit, no shit asshole. Like I need some information. So, um, yeah. So, but all in all, like I said, you know, I'd still, well, we've gone there many times before for other stuff and we'll continue yeah. to go there because it is such a well set up hospital for kids. And they, they have, took really good care oh, of yeah. Tempe the entire time. Um, 
they made sure we were comfortable. Right. They made sure she was comfortable. They got this cool little swing arm monitor thing that's got hooks into the network, and they got games for the kids to play. And you TV can tell Tempe's and... not feeling good when she won't play a video game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she was still so too drowsy. She couldn't. She wanted to, but she like couldn't make her motor function work to make the things work. <laughs> so finally, she's like, "I just want to watch a show. <laughs> I don't have to like think about that." So, but yeah, I can't recommend them enough. Um, and that ENT, I'm not sure how we ended up. Was it like the pediatrician that recommended us off to him or whatever? Yeah, um, I specifically asked for somebody who was. Um, what did I ask? A pe- a pediatric ENT right. as opposed to just an ENT. Right. And then when he scheduled the surgery, he asked if we'd prefer, um, Emmanuel or Dornbecker. Right. Or no, not Dornbecker. No, OHSU. Right? No, it wasn't a children's was hospital. Providence. It was Providence. Oh yeah, no way. And I, I was mean, like, Providence is a good hospital, but yeah. but we've got we've got three legitimately great hospitals for children here in Portland. We've got Legacy Emanuel. We got the Dornbecker, which is more like I think they got a cancer center in there, which is really strong. And then there's an OHSU program too. Um, well, OHSU and Dornbecker are tied. Oh, that's right. That's they are, that's aren't one. They? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um. We actually we're one of the cities where, like, you know, certain there there are certain special cases where they'll fly kids in from other parts of the country and whatnot to. Randall. In fact, Monica Webby is a, a pediatric. I think she's a neurosurgeon, but she ran for office a couple years back. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember. And the name sounds familiar. Yeah, for sure. she was having a surgery come in. She was having somebody come into the recovery room while we were there with Tempe. Ah. And I think that's why they were a little extra tense. Is I think it was a neurosurgery. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, it was, um, but they did, like I said, they did great. And like, even, even when we were getting our hot, the bracelets on mm-hmm. the show that were the parents and we're supposed to be there and they gave there, they saw Trent was with us cause he was with us till your mom came to get him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, do you need a bracelet too? And so she puts the bracelet on. She's like, now this has magical powers. And what you do, I want you to go up and I want you to point at the door and then nod your head and blink and it'll cause the doors to open. And you know, it's, it's got magic. And so he walks up there and does it and she hits a little button behind the desk and the door opens and he looks at us like, Whoa! <laughs> so just everything about it was set up really cool um and then you and i are both sitting there like we're starving so i finally decided to go hunting for that was for the food. worst part so we waited forever it's like 2 30 yeah and all, we're, we're starving right and tempe is like she's ready to go home but but they're not sure that they're she's not ready sure to go that home. she's ready to go home because you have to drink some water and do like you have to do certain things to get to go home and and she hadn't done those things and she kept falling asleep which is totally normal yeah and um so finally i'm like yeah just go ahead and go to the cafeteria like i don't care bring me food <laughs> like literally 10 minutes after we've wolfed something down they're like okay let's go and we get out the door and i'm like we could have stopped somewhere good yeah or you know better it wasn't horrible food no for hospital food it was actually really good but, but it's it not was, what i wanted no um but and it, tempe it, would have loved to stop and get something good right and so some soup she would have dug some oh, soup. Yeah, and you made her homemade i chicken. made her as soon as we got home i spent an hour and a half in the fucking kitchen making homemade chicken noodle soup which she appreciated the hell she out did of. 
what was it like we had we had a stopper like we, we had to stop her because she kept eating like a lot and i was concerned she was gonna make her stomach rebound and right and get yeah and there's nothing worse than puking after a, a type of surgery in the sinus cavity area but she didn't she held it down and in yeah. fact she got pissed off at us because she was so hungry ravenously hungry that we wouldn't keep feeding her We're like honey you just got to take it a step at a time um but yeah so she's doing amazing so i'm we're super stoked about that and then uh we had a great thanksgiving went over yep. to some friends house house and uh um and this is the first time that we've had thanksgiving together with them at their place um they've been to a few of our things in the past and um had a turkey and a ham and stuff all the fixings and that was good yeah we had um, everything um wait there's one thing we didn't have and i i was like oh that's a thanksgiving thing and we didn't have it yams no because i don't like those. yeah I hate yams. it's something i like sweet potatoes no i don't like those either me either i'm just trying to pull up the traditional thanksgiving crap that i, think I know but it's something i like and we didn't have it and now i'm totally drawing a blank but it was a thing oh well yeah well thank, yeah, we had the turkey we had the taters we had the gravy we had the bread we had the green bean casserole i don't know there was we something the stuffing we forgot to pull out the cranberry sauce, but it was okay because it wasn't. It very did good. not. It didn't. Whoa, that went bad. <laughs> so, turns out that that cinnamon we have has a slow, slow kick. <laughs> when I was making it, the recipe called for a cinnamon stick. We didn't have any cinnamon sticks, so I was going to toss a little bit of cinnamon in there, and the damn lid decides to fall off, and it dumped like a lot of cinnamon in there. So I fished. I fished a lot of it out. I'm like, it's cool. I got this. I'll get it all out, um, and it seemed fine. I tasted it right after I cooked it. Tasted it amazing. Well, it turns out once you chill it overnight, let it sit, that cinnamon, like, infiltrates every fucking... Oh, man, it was so, so potent. Um, but I could still tell that if the cinnamon hadn't been there, it would have been, been really yummy. So, And I'm a person that doesn't like cranberry sauce, but I found a place that I made made some that I liked, so I replicated the recipe, and it would have worked with the damn cap not falling off. So, But that's okay. Shit happens, you know. I just want to remember what... It was the other day, and I'm like, oh, we didn't have any of the... That... We had the pie. I know. We had the whipped cream it for was, the pie. It's a, not a... I don't remember. We had the snack trays beforehand. Well, if it comes out, just shout it out all of a sudden. I'll just, you know, yeah. you'll know I have Tourette's when I right. shout out a random food item. So so we have a, a voicemail from a listener here. Oh, do we really? Yeah, from Mr. Slacker. And according to the name of the file here, it never <laughs> fucking <laughs> dies. <laughs> So we're going to see what Mr. Slacker has to say here. Hey, Justin. Hey, Jody. It's Slacker. It's Saturday night. It is late. It is extremely late. I'm in my office. I was getting ready to sit down and mess around on my computer, but all my games need to be updated, and I'm too tired to do it. So here in a minute, I'm going to go to bed because my lovely wife informed me that tomorrow... I have to drive all the way to Hickory, which is about a 30-minute drive, to go to JCPenney's. Because apparently they have a t- sale on fucking towels. <laughs> yes, you heard me, towel. She told me this today, and I just burst into fucking hysterics. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking shit in the world. And she looked at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? It's just towels. I'm like, yo, you said it again. You said the T word. <laughs> fucking towels. Towels of gone and just taken over our lives thanks to you guys budgeting and towels oh my god oh god fucking towels cunty towels cunty fucking dolphin towels i'm tired guys i'm gonna go to bed you guys have a good night can't wait to hear the show love the show as always slacker out 
<laughs> so it took all my freaking oh, willpower Jesus. to not go buy towels yesterday. Because I knew that they'd be on sale. Mm-hmm. I knew That's a huge Black Friday item. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we could go buy towels. But I'm like, Justin will never let me go buy towels. Justin, Justin will like have a... a no, I, w- fit I, if I wanted to go buy towels. I would have let you go buy towels. I didn't buy towels. You didn't buy towels, but I would have let you do it. But I will say, she's got the right idea, Miss Lacker, because you yeah. are on a budget, and towels on sale are cheaper than towels not on sale. And what really pisses me off about the sale versus the non-sale stuff is you can see how much markup they put on those fucking oh, things yeah. with how cheap they're willing to sell them. It's like, okay, so... Fuck you. Stop making 80 fucking points on your goddamn towels and mark them back down to a reasonable price. And, uh, yeah, but no, this is, and there, there was some commentary on Facebook this week, too, that, um, uh, on a post, uh, one of our listeners, Brody, he, um, he made a comment thanking us and a few other podcasts for putting out our content and whatnot. And then, um, somehow the whole towel fucking discussion came up in there, too. And, and Eric tomorrow hopped on there. He's like, this is basically your manatee. I'm like, dude, it totally is because it won't fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody that doesn't understand that reference, if you go back and listen to the Mediocre Show, uh, way, way back in the day, um, Eric went on a rant about how much he hates manatees because they're, they're basically a sea tard. You know, <laughs> and uh, and then it just became this ongoing, like, never-ending, and it still pops up and rears its ugly head from time to time now, like nine years later after the rant. Um, and I have this fear that, for the rest of my foreseeable podcasting future, this fucking towel thing will never, ever go away. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be fun. So, towels. Yeah. Yay! I know what everybody's getting for Christmas. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's only because I want to retire some towels. The only reason I would get new towels is because oh, okay. we have a I'm bunch. Glad you, I'm glad you add that to the end there because you just said everybody's getting towels for Christmas, but it's only because I want to retire some towels. I'm like, what? You're giving the old nasty ass stuff? <laughs> it sounded like you were just going to give the hand-me-down towels. No. Merry Christmas. Here's my dog piss towel. <laughs> <laughs> What's the level below floor towel? <laughs> Gift. <laughs> I, I wrapped this towel in another towel for you. <laughs> I made a bow out of an old washcloth. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I did see a really cool thing. Oh, Jesus. Where you take um grid a grid mat. Oh, yeah. And, and then, then you, you use the you tie the pieces of towel. And then you roll to, it up to make a bath mat. Well no, you don't roll it up. You that there's that one. There's mm-hmm. the braided one. But that involves actual sewing and mm-hmm. skill, which I have none. So um there's also it's a grid mat and it's right. like got squares that are like quarter inch squares. Oh, and then you just weave the towel in it. No. You tie each around each piece of the square you tie a little strip of towel so it's like a rag quilt thing or i go down and spend like 12 bucks at the store and get a bath mat that way and i don't have to (laughs) cramp my fingers up trying to fucking tie an old dirty towel why do you think i haven't done it yet dude because i realized that (laughs) that you know hundred hour project probably isn't worth my time but i'm just saying it's a possibility you're not in trouble I was just moving that the phone. That dog really wants you. Well, yeah, she jumped up here. I moved my phone and she thought she was in trouble. So she yeah. freaked out and jumped back down. And now she's all apologizing for something that she didn't do. It just makes me feel so bad because you know that somewhere back in her history, she was not treated very nicely. And it's like, we're never going to do that to you. So, But I, I get the instinct there. So it's just a real bummer. Yeah. Hi, honey. So you like Lord of the Rings, right? I do. You like, do, and you like like Harry Potter. 
Yes, I do. All right. Were you aware that we have a wizard in our midst? <laughs> I've heard tell of this wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to laugh. Um, oh. So Ezra has, via his older brother at his mom's house, met a couple of his friends that claim to be... Um, like magician's not the right word because magician has the whole connotation of like you know the Cartrix? David and the, yeah that kind of thing, but like the, we're talking more like um what's that the Airbender um the show that where they control like Earth Wind and or like not that's an Earth that's... Wind and Fire that's a band no um <laughs> no you're thinking of Avatar the last the Airbender Avatar, that's yeah. the one yeah so he would he was texting. He was texting when you walked up and walked by, and it looked like he kind of like. Yeah, his phone it was away. in the morning. It was, so it was a weird time. I knew he wasn't talking to like hit one of his brothers or right, something because right. it would be too early for them. But as I walked up behind him on the couch, he moved his phone from his left hand side to his right hand and into his pocket, real mm-hmm. sly. Yeah. And I was like, "That was weird." And he's had, he's had, we've had the problems with, or not problems, but the group chat, the Instagram. group chats, the Instagrams and the fan fiction and right. the like, so we just shut it all down. So we had shut all the phone stuff down. I'm like, what could he possibly do be doing that he had to hide? So I thought maybe it was just my flare up, but he was due for a phone inspection anyway. Right. Like I don't ever say on this day at this time, I'm going to look at your phone. I just, whenever I feel like it, I say, Hey, Ez, hand me your phone. And he does. So. I was on my way to do something, like take a shower or I don't know. So I go in, I hand you the phone. I'm like, look through the phone. I don't know, but something. And <laughs> so later I come back from the work well, thing. That, that's where my journey begins. <laughs> I know. But but I come back later and you're like, you're not, just take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure there was no good way to put it to. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. So due to how I was raised. And due to how my mom is, anything with the word magic attached to it is automatically, it's like that mommy off of, the mom off of um, uh, Waterboy. That's of the devil. I mean, it's like instantaneously. And so had the, the thought of any type of like quote unquote magic or anything else come up, um, it immediately would have been like, you know, that's it. We're praying for you. We're going to exercise whatever demons you got. Get me the holy water. Rick, come here. And it would have been this whole huge production. So I wanted to make sure that I kind of like, you know, for lack of a better term, like warmed you up and gave you a little bit of foreplay before I introduced this topic to you. But basically he and his brother had a weird ass um, what I, for lack of a better term, like a paranormal experience at the his mom's house. Now, um, while I don't necessarily believe in ghosts and goblins and that kind of stuff, I don't discount the fact that it that it can, that, it, that it's possible that it can happen. That kind of a thing. I'm very much, I'm like a border level atheist in the respect of the fact that I don't think there's a higher power, but any of that stuff. But I also don't dispel the fact that there are either truly things like spirits or whatever out there or there are things that occur in the natural world the phenomenons that make it feel like that based off of the history and the things that we are exposed to on a day-to-day basis as far as you know witchcraft and this and that and so um and he's very much into the fantasy stuff he's very much into uh lord of the rings and the wheel of time and harry potter and all that stuff and so him and his brothers got really freaked out and according to how it was all described to me they had like, all the classic signs of a, of a paranormal experience, like the temperature drop in the room and everything he was describing. It was like an episode of that damn ghost hunter show, right? I'm like, okay. I was listening to the whole thing. And so then he said the, um, 
he uh him and his brother like meditated and, and said a little prayer and like then he set up this thing i guess it's called a ward and it's like so if you believe in this stuff it's a magical power you have where you can kind of set up a safety it's like ghostbusters basically you're kind of setting up a net to reject the stuff and that kind of caused everything to go back to normal and, and the temperature went back up etc and, and it went away and left him alone um and so then i'm going through these texts and reading this and he's given this he's talking with a couple of his older brother's friends about this um and the whole time I'm reading this, all I can think of is like the the the, the LARPers and the World of Warcraft guys, like you know, like lightning bolt, lightning bolt, and all this stuff. And I'm trying, but I'm trying not to be derogatory or, or mean to him because he's just he's asking questions about this. And the guy's like, oh yeah, well, there's like you know people who are healers. There are people who can control uh, the elements. There are people who can do this and that. There are people like you that can you know they can help set up safety nets and this and that and. And I'm reading through the whole thing, and it's like, okay, this is all basically like fantasy novel stuff. And so for me, it was very much like um, those people who like saw the movie Avatar, like, oh my god, that's such a perfect. Like they just wanted to go there, right? And so, no harm, no foul, nothing bad was being said. Um, but it's also still kind of weird because he's like he's actively just kind of looking into this stuff. And so I just told him, I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna shut you down because there's no reason for me to like block these people. They're not being mean to you. They're not like you know whatever. I'm like, but I'm gonna watch this very closely because this could be harmless fun with people who are his friends or there could be like some serious Waco cult level shit going on here. And if I detect any of that kind of stuff, I will lock it down and you might hate me for it, but it's going to save your ass in the long run. Um, and I said, you know, and I said, this is no disrespect to you, but I don't believe in quote unquote magic. I believe in things that are tangible and that we can prove. Um, I'm like, but that's not to say that it can't happen or that it's not there. Um, so the day that you can like summon a lightning bolt or a fireball and, and throw it from your hand and show me that is the day that I'll I'll buy into this. And I was being a smart ass at that yeah. point. And he kind of giggled. I'm like, but don't I don't I just don't want you to hide this. I don't want you to feel ashamed by this. Um, it's it's fine if you're. I said if you came up to me and said you were going to look into Mormonism like this, I'd be like, okay, fine. I don't agree with it, and I'd tell you all the reasons why I don't agree with it. But I'd still let you have your own investigative process because that's a good learning experience for you. You know, it's something for you. It's good for you within the constraints of I'm monitoring it and I'm watching it and we're going to be paying attention to it for you to learn because I personally felt like I was too restricted from learning about other stuff. And I, and I ended up learning about it anyways, but I had to go out of my way to find it because none of the information, if it wasn't straight up like Christianity, it was never presented, you know, except for those, like those heathen bastards. Um, and I don't want him to have that outlook because that outlook is what breeds a lot of the hate and the, well, not even hate, but like the misunderstanding that leads to hateful acts right? and all that stuff. And I, I just don't want my kids to be, to have that kind of, I want them to be able to respectfully speak to somebody about their values and their, and their principles and whatnot. Um, and I'm one first person to say I'm guilty of not being respectful at times. And so I re work really hard to do, to be respectful. So yeah. So he's looking into this whole magic thing and it was the, it was so funny. Cause like this one girl, one of the, one of the two people is a girl and she was talking about, yeah, when I first started out, I was like nine years old and I healed our cat. Um, and, but she also mentioned that she took him to the vet too. I'm like, so and I'm just reading this, like, you know, and she's like, and I did a sloppy job, and I was like, yeah, that, that patch of skin never grew its fur back kind of thing. But I was able to heal him. And I'm like, you just said you also took him to the vet. So, like, you're not giving the, the vet any credit in this? Or what's the whole, and I think the whole, couldn't quite grasp what the whole story was, but it was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, he's he's 
he's really into the wheel of time stuff and they're really into the wheel of time stuff. So they're kind of talking about like, you know how this, the author of wheel of time really got magic. Right. And that's what they're kind of basing it off of and this and that. So I'm like, okay, right now it's just harmless kid fun. And I'm going to let it stay that way. I, I mean, I so, dabbled in, in that sort of thing when I was young. I have yeah. no qualms with and there's it. There's kids that have played with Ouija boards in the past. I mean, it's, it's all a normal part of growing up. It's just that I want it to be something that, a, it can't be something that takes control of his life. Like I said, the whole cult level stuff. And B, as long as he's got a healthy understanding for the ridic- – and I, my biggest thing was I said, I want you to understand that this will be something that will get you ridiculed hard if oh, it yeah. gets out in the open. So, Unless you, you – I mean, you, I might, but you have – if you – Here's the deal. If you find a bunch of friends that think and feel the same way oh, you yeah, do yeah, yeah. and you make them your friends, right. and then you can be friends and do that wacky shit together and it's fine. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I explained that to him. I said, but basically, I'm like, just understand that the, 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 the quote unquote real world as a whole doesn't have an understanding or, or a care for this. And so it's going to, um, it could lead to issues for you for with teasing and extra ridicule if you're not careful about who you, like you were saying, who you share it with and all that stuff. Um, but I also said, I said, but please do me one huge, huge, huge favor. I'm like, don't ever, please don't talk to your grandma about this. But, like, but your mom had mentioned him talking to her no, no, about no, no. some of, not that stuff, but about the weird right. scenario what, and this what, happened and that yeah, happened. And what I told him was, I'm like, if you want to tell her that you prayed about something, that's fine. I'm like, but don't, just don't mention the words. I gave him keywords. I'm like, magic? <laughs> this and I... I'm like, unless you really want to see her die an early death and or I'm going to have to have a one long, ugly, gnarly phone call with her that I don't want to have. So right. just kind of keep it on the on the down low, so to speak. I said, it just, it's just to protect her delicate sensibilities because she was raised old school. She is old school. And she's very much that middle America, uh, white Jesus, you know, <laughs> there is only one true divine being and anything else is of the i mean it, she literally she quite literally is like that kathy bates character off of uh off of um Waterboy. so uh it's i love her to death but she's got some weird outlooks because of everything that she's been exposed to from being raised jehovah's witness to all that crap so i'm just like let's let this like I said, you do what you're going to do. We'll watch you. <laughs> Jody and I are going to keep an eye on this, but don't hide it from us. We ask you questions. You better be able to answer. If you can't back it up and you can't answer the questions we ask and you're embarrassed by it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. So let's just, you know, level level that out there right now. So, but yeah, so we have a like level three warlock or actually he's probably more like a level one right now. I don't know. Once again, I'm poking fun at it. <laughs> I, I don't know. And whatever he tells me is but, what. But it does bring up into another interesting topic that I, and it was an article that I sent you before the show that we both read, mm-hmm. um, about what it's like to raise, for lack of a better term, a non a child in a non-religious environment or a non-religious child. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We have opted, and we've gone to church together as a family. We've taken the kids to different churches and whatnot. We've exposed them to that, so it's not like they've never, ever had that exposure. Um, but it was an interesting article how she was talking about they, her and her husband decided that they weren't going to raise the kid religiously, and they weren't going to get him baptized and whatnot. And like, there was family members that were like, you know, panicked about, well, if, it, if, the, if baby, the baby dies, it's going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's because of my yawn, I swear. <laughs> um, and so... It was a, and, and I, the interesting thing about that was I had similar conversations with people when I was on the fence about getting Ezra baptized and this and that. And I'm like, you know, if there is a God, 
And if he is a benevolent and loving God, I think that a young and pure child who has not yet been fucked over by the world and had a chance to, you know, be a bad person would get admitted into your heaven. And if you don't think so, you're a pretty twisted, sick individual. And if somehow dunking him into a pool and saying a couple of, you know, words, that's not, that's not a very, like, that's not, it's, it's a very low low score to hit for admittance into heaven. I mean, if that's what it takes as a kid, like I just got to dunk. Can I just do it in my bathtub at home? And, and, and I don't, I mean, I know I'm, I'm kind of poking fun at it, you but, are, but. but it's one of those things that it's just, I believe what I believe. Others believe what they believe. And I feel, I now understand, which I, and I didn't understand this years ago, where a lot of atheists and whatnot come from when they get agitated and upset at the fact that, you know, it feels like their other religions are being forced or shoved down their throats between having the Ten Commandments posted in some courthouses in the southern states to this, to that. Um, it's like, it's okay to believe what you believe unless you don't believe what I believe, and then it's not okay for you to believe that. That's like a way a lot of people seem to view the world. Like, oh yeah, it's totally cool, you can believe what you want, as long as the base, it's still this very Puritan, very white, very whatever, Um and if you don't believe that, then you're of the then it's not it's bad and okay, which we've experienced. I, I know you yep. have, especially living in this community here. And um, and the point that she also raised in the article was that, uh, and I'll post the article in the show notes like I always do, um, was that her kid is a very gracious, very loving, very mm-hmm. out, um, generous, very whatever, and that it didn't religion has had no bearing in any of that. So it's really not. It's a, They're not behaving because a book told them to or because a preacher told them to they're behaving because it's what they're supposed to do and they're being kind because that's what you're supposed to do and and you're a human you know (laughs) like be a human um there's studies that she talks about in the article that i've read about as well that are basically they took a bunch of children from religious different religions christian catholic Mm -hmm. hindu muslim and atheist and they gave them all basically gave them all a kindness test and the kids from atheist households were actually generally more kind right um and and generous so there's something to be said for that i don't think it means that that you're not doing it right if oh, you yeah. take your kids to church um i i know lots and lots of moms who who re- religiously <laughs> take their kids to church every saturday or sunday or right. whatever it may be and and that's totally fine i just don't and i've never had a truly christian person tell me that i was going to hell because oh i have no 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 <laughs> that okay i guess i should preface a truly christian person that i have respect for Tell me that I'm that my kids or me or anybody is going right. to hell because of uh, the fact that I don't go to church or I do this or I don't right. do that. Or and, and I should rephrase my 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 statement there. I've had people who claim to be very religious, truly Christian, following the faith, right. and it's more of that. Um, what was that that old Ray Stevens song about the tr- squirrel that got loose in the church? Um, I might, the, <laughs> dude. I don't know. Well, no, it it, it was a. Uh, Sister Bertha Better Than You was the name of one of the characters he gave. Because he, Ray Stevens, I'll play it at the end of the show. He was mm-hmm. this old, like, satire. It was like a, the Weird Al before Weird Al. Yeah. Um, and he had this thing about the uh, this squirrel getting loose in the church. <gasps> I do and the, the day that. that the squirrel got yeah. loose in the church, the old whatever about you know, and it was talking about how it was like this whole 
create this whole revival. And, you know, the, the, there was this one lady that sat in the front pew and her name was Sister Bertha Better Than You. I'm like, oh, I've met so many of those at church where they just... We've all met, but I'm talking about people who you actually have respect for in the first place. Like, I throw away the opinions of people I don't respect all the time. Oh, yeah. No, regardless of whether but it's it, religious or not right and that's my point is yeah. i've never had somebody who is a good decent person tell me i was going to hell <laughs> and you know so. well, see, my, for me the funny thing is that and i and i know that i've gone off the tan off the deep end on a tangent in the past i'm attacking in some ways organized religion on our show but this is my show yeah. you can choose to listen to it or you can choose not to listen to it that's totally up to you um but i've never like walked up to somebody and said because you are deciding to raise your child Mormon or you're deciding to raise your child J-Dub or you're deciding to be a Hindu or whatever, you're a foul human being and they're going to be a foul. And I've never just forced that opinion into somebody else's space, you know, but there are plenty of them out there that feel it's like they're – and part of it's because of the way the freaking doctrine is written around it, that it's your job as these heavenly, Christianly, you know, holy people to go out there and save the unsaved masses and to help them – they're, they they don't know well enough to know better than that they should be doing this. So it's your job and your duty as a Christian person or as a whatever person to go out there and, and, and recruit more people and show them all the errors of their ways. And it's like that it's the whole thing, in my opinion, is wrapped around control. Mm-hmm. And it's a facet of control for the masses. And so and a perfect example of it is what we're seeing going on in our political circus and media right now where we've got this whole it's been so non-religious for so long and so far out on the left and so liberal and so this and so that we've got to get back to some core christian conservative values and now all of a sudden that's also starting to line up with the kkk and some of this other weird shit that's happening i'm just sitting back watching all this like i, I literally i not to poke fun at but kind of like, i feel like that back in the, the 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 day of the la riots like that whole like can't we all just get along like <laughs> can't we all just take a step back <laughs> take a deep breath and, like i won't shove my quote unquote bullshit down your throat if you don't shove your bullshit down my throat and like let's just find a way to try to respect each other and in certain areas we're going to have to agree to disagree because there is no there's no way that you're going to bring me to your side of the table i might respect your opinion you might open my eyes to a few things but i'm not i'm, I'm probably never going to agree with your yeah. overall nobody's viewpoint. converting because you bullied them into right it. you know and so for me it's it's um Growing up in it, it was a lot of uh, manipulation and fear, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want my kids to be grown to be raised off to be raised off of manipulation and fear. Like I don't want them to think that fear of this unknown being. Well, you shouldn't be kind because if you're not kind, something's going to smite you. Right. You shouldn't be generous because if you don't be generous and give tithing to your your church and your charities and whatnot, that God's going to come down and paddle you on the rear. Right. Like you shouldn't do things just because somebody's going to get you if you don't. Right. You should do th- good things because it makes you feel good because you're helping other people and that should bring you a good feeling. And it's good to have that good feeling. And it's good to be kind to people. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, like, it sounds selfish to say it that way. You do it because it feels good. But it's it's good to feel good when you do good things for other people. That's right. what's supposed to happen. Um, so I've never agreed with the general. When you, churches never say 
you know, oh, you be good so that somebody doesn't, you know, so that God doesn't get mad at you. They say it differently than that. But well, what it boils down yeah. to is you're doing things out of a fear of retribution rather than, you know, mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and, and and having grown up in 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 the religion that I grew up in and whatnot, there was times where it did kind of feel like you had like a a, a gun, for lack of a better term, held to your head. It's like either you do this or you, spiritually you're going to get you know killed, and it's like, huh. Well, then I guess I'm going to do that because I don't want to spiritually die because that would sound like it would really suck. Yeah. So I don't um, want my soul to be on fire. I guess I'm going to go downtown and 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 try to preach to these. Get it? Like we, they, we, we did. We had a uh, what are those? What do they call them? An outreach one time. We went to talk to the street punk kids, the gutter punks. And oh boy, did I figure out I didn't know the Bible quite well enough. <laughs> and that's that's the learning experience there when you try to go up against somebody, act, thinking that you've got all the tools based off of what you've been told to do to go and show them all the ways that are wrong. And then all of a sudden you realize this person has actually read the Bible back to back <laughs> and knows it way fucking better than I do. Uh, I'm gonna let my ass handed to me in this debate, and yep, it happened. <laughs> Which is, it was started the kind of the, the the opening of point of my eyes of like maybe I maybe maybe you don't have this right, you know, and so on and so forth. And like I said, I'm not doing this to, to bash on religion. If you guys believe in that or are a part of it, totally cool. I just would really appreciate it if the general masses on either side didn't spend so much of their time trying to be worried about whether or not the other side has it correct. Like realistically, none of us know if we have it right. Like I could be totally fucked by the fact that I don't believe in any of this shit and there might, it might actually exist. And then you can laugh at me while I'm burning my ass off in hell. Right. That very well could be a possibility that could happen. And there's any of the things in between, you know, all this stuff. Um, so, I can say that based off of what this we've been able to scientifically prove, at the very least, if there is this almighty creator and whatnot, all your guys' timelines are screwed because it wasn't the earth isn't just six thousand years old. Um so maybe there's some fallacies that we can agree that we don't need to be so hard blind about like the Quran or this or that being the end all be all, just as much as those who don't need to be so hard blind about the fact that there is, you know, no chance there could ever be this whatever. Um so it's just for me it's more of a respect issue like i respect the fact that you guys whoever you guys are if you guys do it are raising your child this way so on and so forth i don't agree with it i don't necessarily think that it's all bad but i definitely don't think it's all good either and i would really appreciate if in reciprocal reciprocal well there's the reciprocity reciprocity that's the one i can't i can't word very good tonight um you always get that word wrong i'm sure i've said that word for you, you probably a lot. have it's just one of those ones like deep 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 that's all folks <laughs> um but the respect would be shown in reverse because it's not a lot of the times at least in my own personal experiences um and it's a real bummer like, I know I've had people, like, there's been times like where I was uh, no longer allowed to be somebody's friend when I, they found out that I wasn't of their correct religion. Like, I was this and they were that, and it kind of they cut off that whole thing. I had a girl I dated in high school who was Catholic by family, and her dad, oh, he did everything within his power to try to get her to stop dating me because I was not Catholic, therefore I was not of the, uh, the appropriate sect of that particular overarching belief system um 
So I just want, you know, when our kids get, as they grow up and they continue to be the badass little you know kids that they are and are really kind, really generous, really awesome. Um, I would hope that helps to reflect upon the fact that we didn't have to do that with the threat of um, your eternal damnation. <laughs> we didn't have to do that with the threat of if you masturbate, God's going to cry or whatever, you know, any of that stuff. Um, we did that just because that's the decent kind thing to do as a respectable person who has a value for life. Right. I mean, that's how it's, and that's I mean, maybe I'm simplifying it too much, but that's kind of how I see it. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it, and so like, it's this moving, it's always kind of, interesting for me moving into the Christmas season because the whole thing is set up and geared around a certain particular person. <laughs> and so trying to balance that for the kids with, yeah, it's a cool day. You get presents and whatnot, but here's the reason why it's all set up. But realistically it was actually this and you start, you can really fall down a rabbit hole with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So I, but I just, and so it's also like just trying to be like, Hey, enjoy the, you know, be nice, be kind to people. I think, I think we can, with our kids especially, instead of making it about it's, well, Christmas is the birth of Christ and we don't believe in Christ, but oh well, like, right. we can make it about this is a time that is all about giving to other people and it's about sharing love and joy and, you know, all these things with each other. It's not about, it's not about god or jesus right. or this or that it's about being good people and but at the same time i want them to understand what other people are thinking. what other people are going to think and or say to them because of their th- viewpoints and thoughts and whatnot and that's i don't and that's why i don't mind them going like my mom is watching them again for a second night and mm-hmm. tomorrow they go to church right she was saying hey if if it's cool with you guys, they can come to church with us because my my half brother's giving us a, a talk because right. Mormons don't have a, a pastor that gives a sermon. They just rotate. Everybody speaks in church. And it's his turn because he's leaving on his mission in two weeks. Um, so she was like, well, they can come to that. And I'm like, well, I'll talk it over with Justin. But see, I don't have a problem with them going like at all mm. because it's an exposure to something they're not used to with people who are going to explain it in their viewpoint. And our kids are not gullible little shitheads. Right. Um, they're not going to b- become a member of a cult because they're just not that kind of kids, but they will enjoy seeing other kids mm-hmm. and playing. And even if they get a little bit of wishy washy in their head, it's no worse than what they're getting around here right. at school and from cousins. And, and we always, whenever the topic of God or whatever comes up, we talk to them and just ask them about it. And, and yeah. you know, what, why do you think this or why do you feel that way? And sometimes it is super hard to just be like, okay. Right. <laughs> and, and okay. Awesome. It's really hard, but it's the best thing for them to not have somebody question what they're thinking and feeling to just say, okay, whatever you believe is fine. Right. Is really empowering to them that they don't have to justify what they want to believe in. And I think it's really important. Right. As long as you're also building up the skill set that at some point in time, you should be able to, to explain your position because right. that's going to happen. They always are there. Oh, yeah. When you, when they say, you know, I've been praying because of this and you go, Oh, well, who are you praying to? Well, I'm praying to God. Like they mm-hmm. are able to, um, express right. their opinions and feelings about it without being defensive or, rude right which is all i ask we're scared we're scared yeah 
which is a, is a big benefit and a bonus too. Um, I always I think I think it's funny because like Trent, he's probably been the least exposed. Yeah. To all of this because we we've never we dropped out of church um, when we, Tempe was in her toddler stage two to three. Yeah, and Trent was probably about a year before we stopped going all together. Right, and so he was still super. I saw that at that time he was just chilling out, napping, and getting yeah. bottles and. Tempe was like three and a half, four. Right, and so um. And he's just like he's the most loving and caring and oh, of the three, kid. he is the kindest. Yeah. He is the most generous. He yeah. is the most supportive and empathetic um, kid that we have. Like yeah. he sees somebody crying, and he's like, he'll start. Yeah, he will start crying. Yeah. He will, st- or he'll go up and be like, "What's wrong? Right. What can I do?" We watched that movie, uh, Life of Pi. <laughs> He and you and Tempe started crying, and he was kosher, and he was yeah. like, cool. Then I saw it. He but then looked, he saw Tempe crying and, and then, well, lost. No, but hold on. He saw Tempe crying. He was had genuine concern for her, and he was. I saw the whole thing happen because uh-huh. I had to look away from the screen because I was getting seasick. <laughs> I was getting motion sickness off because of the way that yeah. the, the way it was filmed was rough. Um, and then I, I watched. He looked at her, and he had some genuine concern. And then he was going to look at you to like say, "Hey, Tempe's crying." Then he noticed that you were crying. That <laughs> he's like, "Oh fuck me." <laughs> <laughs> and he joined into it so we actually had to pause the movie to kind of get kind of everybody and i had to explain to tempe that it's totally okay to cry at movies yeah because i cry at every movie i cry at dog food commercials like i i get really wrapped up in yeah, the character very and emotion. emotionally invested in some of that stuff <laughs> like it's totally i don't understand it like it's not like i try it's not like i'm like i really need to be emotionally invested in this commercial but i swear to you it's hard for me to not get tied mm-hmm. up and wrapped up in a movie or, or a tv show there's a freaking th- there's short like disney pixar short mm-hmm. things that i'm like <laughs> yep so and the only time that i've almost cried during the movie was the thumbs up scene at the end of terminator <laughs> 2 and that's the only appropriate time to cry <laughs> get back in there to you <laughs> So you know that one like legitimately almost broke me down once when I was younger. I'm like, oh, but his best friend's no, he he learned. This is so sad. <laughs> so I don't. I just wanted her to know that you know if you get sad because of a movie, it's okay, and it's just a movie, and it, life goes on and blah right. blah blah. But that was so. It was an interesting movie when that movie came out. I, there was a bunch of buzz about it because I. Like it won an Oscar or something, right. or it was nominated, and I was really like, "Oh, well, we should watch that." And I never got around to it. But I remember people talking about how uplifting it was, and it was so not. It was really sad. Like it was enlightening, but it was so yeah, sad. Yeah, uplifting is not the right word for right. it. And I'll call spoilers here in case somebody hasn't. Yeah, seen if, so, it if you cares. have not seen it, just d- but. Just your entire family dying in a boat wreck and then seeing a zebra mutilated by a hyena, which is then mutilated by a fucking tiger, but you then have to come to grips with um, and live out on at sea with for like almost a fucking entire year. And then to find out that it's all a metaphor at the end. Right. Like... Serious spoilers. So sorry if you haven't seen this, but so no. But I, I kind of had a feeling. I, I kind of. I, I felt like it was all. Well, I, I had a feeling that's what it was going to be yeah. in the long run because very in the limited amount of dabbling that I've done in looking into like the Hindu and the mm-hmm. Buddhist religions and whatnot, everything is is a metaphor like that. Right. When, they're, when they're having those kinds of stories, it's a metaphor for 
you know, you, yourself or your feelings and whatnot. So when he was all this stuff was happening, I'm like, I wonder. If this is like more of a him internal. He, he's taking his internal struggles and demons that he's dealing with and putting them into what he knows best, which was the zoo that they mm-hmm. owned. Um, and then each portion of his personality or his struggle had a different animal tied to it because each of those animals had different and unique characteristics and how they deal with the world. Tigers are very predatory and, and carnivorous and they'll kill things. Hyenas are just little assholes that will fuck everything up just to fuck it up. Um, zebras are fairly, you know, peaceful creature. It just wants to go out there, fucking eat and that's it and be done with it. And, and then, you know, there's a monkey too, um, which is more like a wise and kind of whatever. Um, so I had a feeling that's where it was going to go based off the fact that they were a, I think it was a, they were a Hindu family yeah. in the movie. Well, so, that's the first part of the movie, which you missed. I was did miss all of them, him talking about all the different religions he'd been exposed to, that they, right. he was raised as Hindu. And, but there was also his dad was an atheist and his mom right. had been raised Hindu, not been anyway, but he was also Catholic. Right. Like he'd just been all over the map as far as faith goes. And, um, which I think, honestly, is the best possible... Right. That's what I was going to say is that's what I've tried to do. Not not necessarily be a follower yeah, of any, but it, know but just, what... Yeah. I would like to learn a lot more about Hinduism. It's probably the one I find the most fascinating. Right. Um, and probably the closest I would consider myself in a way. Not like in the well, faith of it because I don't know it well enough to... Right. But, but down at its, at its base core, it's a very... As I understand it, once again, limited dealings. I'm we're gonna look into. I'm gonna look into it more just because I'm curious about it too. But it's a very respectful type, right? Like like there, a lot of them are vegans, right? Because they believe in not harming right. other creatures. But and I this mean, and that like and, when you look at the oldest faiths that we know right. about, they're all very pantheon. Like you've got a God of everything mm-hmm. or, a, you know, a, a, monotheistic versus a polytheistic. Right. Yeah. But, and I think that that's the way our brains are coded is to think that way. No, I think that's more, I really honestly think that's more of just a, uh, an exposure over time thing. Like it's because it, w- w- once again, it goes back to that whole core basis of fear. I and mean, you look at like the crusades and whatnot. Um, the whole that whole thing was the, the Christianity spread like wildfire because these guys came through and f- through whatever ways they did it, they're like, you know, if you don't adhere to our way of doing things in our religion, then our God will smite you. And because they were able to, you know, lay waste to certain villages and whatnot and do this stuff they were able to do, it a lot of people bought into it. And then that's just kind of been the unquestioned thing over time, excuse me, over time. So um, I don't know that, but I don't know that I necessarily agree that it's a hardwired thing in the brain as far as mono versus poly. Um, Because it's, yeah, I mean. I disagree, but okay. That's that's fine. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, so you can go ahead and carry on. But um, so yeah, so you're looking at wanting to look at Hinduism more. I've always, I've always dabbled in finding out what I can about different, not just religions, but thoughts and theories and, and whatnot. I sound really, really, really pretentious right then. No. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. So what what I've noticed growing up, and a lot of this is watching a struggle my grandparents had, um, which is part of what has shaped and formed me into wanting to raise my kids the way that I do, is that um, fear 
is a very large tactic that's used, but it's not always fear being instituted by the governing body of the religion. It's often the people involved. It's, it's actually the fear of the unknown. Like my grandma, my my dad's parents, my grandma and my grandpa, he um, basically, and this may have changed recently with his stroke and whatnot, but last he and I talked, um, when his, he, he had, he had two sisters and I think that was it. I don't recall there ever being a brother mentioned, um, but they both died at a very young age. And then his mother suffered from Alzheimer's for a very, very long time before she finally passed. But it was when his last sister passed that I think he was really, like he had really put a lot of um, effort into like you know I'm gonna pray I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make sure she survives this cancer and it fucking took her out mm-hmm. and it was like that was his Lieutenant Dan moment like come at me you son of a bitch yeah and at that point he pretty much swore it all off. Now my dad he's still very much into it because my great grandma being my grandpa's mom always has been steadfast in it. Um, and so she made sure the kids got lots of exposure to it. And then the ants that did pass also helped make sure they had exposure to it. And all his memories of it are good times going to church with his aunts and whatnot. So it's a very mm-hmm. peaceful memory for him that she finally got to go off into the, you know, she was no longer suffering, that kind of thing. Right. Whereas my grandpa's view on it is very much of why in the fuck did you do this to me? I lost both my sisters and my, you know, hit my, my, bio- his biological dad i never met um because he passed away at a young age too so there was a lot of that going so i think that he's got a lot of anger at this if this if this particular higher power exists he's not a very happy person with him right now whereas my grandma is very much religious and very scared that he she's not going to have an internal person to hang out with because he's not going to go to the same place she's going to right she loves him to death so there's always a little bit of a struggle there um and but I watched that. And it was always out of uh, with her. It was always a fear of well, if you don't do this, you're going to go here. And if you don't do like, how do you know that you're not gonna, like? It was never so much like a threat of well, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. But it's like if if you were saying that you don't know this is going to happen, wouldn't you rather just do this this way instead? That way you can guarantee that if this is the way it is, you've got a spot there. I'm like, really? That's the argument we're going to use on this? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and that's what I've noticed with a lot of it is that there's a lot of, it's a lot of fear based stuff. And like I said, sometimes it's fear from the, the institution and sometimes it's just, it's fear of the unknown. And so as humans, we f- try to find ways to cope with what we don't understand or can't relate to, or it's a lot easier to think, well, grandma's waiting for me in heaven and I'm going to see her again someday than to think that more like what I think, which is. Well, she had her chance, her time on this earth, and that time has now passed, and life moves on. It's a big circle, and it hurts, and it sucks that person is gone, but that's how it is. Which also then gets me into the conundrum of how we can um, so skillfully look at a dog who's super old, suffering, incontinent, not living a good life anymore, and be like, you know what? It's time to just you know put old uh, old Betsy out to put her into the great you know doggy park beyond and, and it's okay to euthanize him but you might make mention of like within oregon here we have the uh our death, right, with dignity. death with dignity act and holy fuck i remember when that passed in the 90s we were demonized demonized for it um and so it's like why can't we have that same respect and tolerance for you know humans that we have for these animals and so i don't know 
it's just it's interesting. So that's why I want my kids to grow up with not a fear of the unknown, but a healthy um, passion to want to learn about the unknown and try to figure out things that they are not aware of and to just that, that thirst for knowledge, the, the, the ability to go, I don't know about this, but I'd like to know about this and how can I figure it out? Well, I can go experience some of it at the church or I can go read these books or I can go do this and I want them to be able to to have that without being afraid that, well, if I do this, then I've been, I've then now pissed off my God and my God's going to smite me for possibly thinking that he's not the God. And I don't want any of that. I want them to just be able to experience the world. Um, and there's, there's a lot of things that I think I missed out on growing up because I had that fear for pissing off my parents or pissing off my religion or, or my creator or whatever. So I'd prefer to, you know, help them avoid hitting that same snag that I did. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now to lighten the mood and to to, not lighten the mood, but to switch gears completely, we had a a hysterical yet very concerning thing happen the other night at the dinner table. (laughs) So we're sitting there at dinner and we've got this new, well, let's let's backtrack. We got a new tactic we're taking with Ezra. Yeah. He's got a Washington DC trip coming up. He wants to do he this Washington D.C. and we've talked about this on the show. I am not in support of it because I went when I had the opportunity to go, and it was not fun enough to account for how much money I had to raise right. to, and my mom put in, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't want Ezra to make the same mistake. My other concern is that this is a week supervised by a chaperone. Neither one of us will be going, right? And he is like a giant child, like. Well. Yeah, he's so, twelve. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm not saying he should be able to do brain surgery, but specifically, what you're talking about is we're at dinner and we give each child a New York seltzer bottle, which is a little glass bottle with a metal lid, and he can't open it. Well, he claimed he couldn't open it. He claimed he couldn't open it, and because it was immediately too tough right out the gate, he wants somebody to help. He him. handed it to to Justin, and he's like, "Will you open this for me?" And I'm like, "You will put that bottle down. You will open it yourself." Or you don't drink it. Right. It's just that simple. It's not a punishment. It's not a... And it was right after we had had the discussion with him that you have to earn this trip. Right. Because you know, I think... He, cause I, I'm of the opinion that I think being the type of history buff and the and the fact nerd that he is... I am too. He would love you it. You know me. I'm a huge history nerd. I'm a huge... It still was awful. I'm telling you, it was awful. Like yeah. I, when it's possible, that just your trip was bad too. Because I've I've heard I've heard others that have really gotten a lot of that out of it. So I think it's a good. It, it's a possible. It, the it, reasons it was bad for me are the reasons it's going to be bad for him. He doesn't have a friend going with him. Right, which could be yeah. So I, I, I I'm not saying it's going to go one way or the other. I just think it, he he could very well benefit from the experience, but we're also not going to just hand it to him. Right. So we've told him that he has to earn it. Um, by keeping his grades at a certain level, which have been not great, right? Well, and it's, and, and we had we had parent teacher conferences, and it was not great simply because he's not he's literally doing the bare minimum effort. He's pulling um, that uh, office space. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only got the thirteen pieces of flare, and he's yeah. not putting any extra flare yeah. on. Um, and so we're like, hey, look, you know, you've got to uh, you've got to make sure that your uh, your grades are up at a certain level. Grades and- are up a certain level. No more disciplinary actions. And you're going to have to earn some of the money yourself by doing chores. chores yep. And the, there's a big deposit that has to be paid in January. I promised him that in January, I will pay the deposit with my one of my checks if he steps all this stuff up. 
Like he doesn't have to earn individual dollars yet. Right. That will come after the deposit between the deposit and the trip. He has to make payments and those will come from doing actual right. like specific things to earn well, money. Well, we've talked about doing like a GoFundMe account or right. whatever. But or the tattoo bus or the whatever. Right. But w- when he does the GoFundMe thing or whatever, like if a grandparent donates to it, it's like, okay, grandma, what do you need? Do you need your yard rake? Right. Do you need me to come over and mow some grass? What do you need for it? Um, and because we want him to learn the value of earning your way into something. Right. Um, and so all that had occurred right before this whole New York seltzer incident <laughs> right. happens. So I'm like hardlining, putting my foot down. Nobody is opening that bottle, but you, you're welcome to drink it as soon as you open the, the damn bottle. Yep. And then, uh, so he finally, he hum, hymns and haws and he actually, he set it down and gave up on it for a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah. Ate, totally gave up on it. And, and, and ate some more dinner. The next thing I look over and it's, it's, it's open. I'm like, wait, did you just open that? He's like, yeah, he's all sheepish and whatnot. And so he's, he, we, we, we're kind of just, put, we're, we're jiving a little bit like, you know, hey, see, we told you you could do this. You were just trying to not have to put the effort into it. So you were trying to quickly, you're going for instant gratification versus earning it, which is something he's got a huge problem with and we're working on making him earn it so that he understands that not everything just happens in the snap of a finger. So we're finishing up dinner. We're getting everything cleaned off and, and getting everything put away. And all of a sudden Tempe pops off with it. She's like, so that's, that's bad that Ezra couldn't open that. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, I don't know that you need to be making commentary on whether or not your brother is being, you know, because I thought she was going to be like, you know, she was just going to poke fun at him for it, right? And then she goes, yeah, like, how is he going to sneak a beer if you have to have somebody open it for you? <laughs> and I just look at her and I'm like, what? what, what? <laughs> She's like, how? No, how is he going to like when he gets older? How is he going to sneak a beer out of the fridge if he can't open it himself? Like, And I'm like, he's not like, motherfucker, better not be stealing my beers. <laughs> how do you know about this what the fuck so then I'm but, like, but then I'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not so concerned about ezra at this point all of a sudden i'm very concerned, concerned about, about tempe. tempe like wait <laughs> like i don't what you're seven what do you mean snake a beer how well, and you, then i'm like and then i go start going through all like we have so much beer and liquor in this house like if we had ezra here alone and he decided to pull something, he'd be dead before we showed up. Like, like if he wasn't careful, yeah. Like I now I'm all of a sudden thinking well, we need since, a locked cabinet. Right. Especially since that last trip to um to Cali that I made where I went and stopped the, that liquor store across the border there. Yeah, I know. I like loaded like hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks worth of alcohol and which is back just on. sitting on a counter, but whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah, and I, and then I was thinking, how many times have we had my my nephew over to babysit? And then I'm like, we didn't like take measurements of where the liquor was before we left because I trust him. I know yeah, we wouldn't. Yeah. But I, like, it's all going through my head. Like, we really need to invest in a lock cabinet. Yeah, which is like, I'm coming to the realization now that like I I knew where all my dad's alcohol was. Yeah. And I never fucking touched. Him. Uh, d- d- uh, my brother and I were not. Quite, especially him we're not quite so good about that no i know so the, the reason why was i knew that he knew where his liquor levels were and how many beers he had left in the fridge and i knew that because this guy has like a weird memory for like numbers and oh shit yeah like that. he'd know and so I, I i knew that there was no way i could sneak around it so instead i just found other ways of obtaining alcohol right. whether it was paying a homeless man outside of the 7-eleven which is a lot harder to do now it was much harder um so, 
but it was, um, and then also I had friends who were older that were able to go buy it for us. And then, you know, um, and I had, I had connections with people I worked with at, or and I had customers at the computer store. So when we do like land parties and whatnot, you know, it was just like, Oh, there happened to be some beer on the counter. It would be a real shame if you guys accidentally got into that. Oops. <laughs> you know? And that was just kind of, so I always had ways to get access to it, but I never touched the old man's supply because I, that would just, I knew it would be instantaneous trouble. Yeah. At least doing it the way that I did it, I knew that I wouldn't get caught and that I could get it, you know, or in the respect of I wouldn't get caught based off of the volume alone. If they caught me drunk or whatever, totally different story. Um, but they wouldn't know based sheerly off of the fact that their liquor was disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bottle of peppermint schnapps that got less and less pepperminty as time went on because. He kept putting water in it because it's clear. Yeah. But by the end, it was it was mostly water. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing your dad, he knew what was going on. No, too. Was, that wasn't dad. Okay. I was gonna say if it was your dad, knowing him, he was just he knew what was going on. He was just waiting for the time, you know. And the other thing too is that that was part of my I knew my old man, so I knew that if I did, and I watched him, and I and I it was proven correct because I watched him do it. Um, I knew that he would take his old his dad's tactic. You know, the one time that he ever showed up home drunk, my dad, my grandpa woke him up at four o'clock the next morning and made him go out and run fence line. And he was the one driving the fence post in. And the old way of doing it was just that big ass piece of metal thing that you grab and you just crunch, crunch, and you slam it down. So it reverberates through in your entire body, which is the worst fucking thing for a hangover. Um, and when we took my buddy in, in high school and my parents uh, basically adopted him and, and helped him out, um, there was a night that he decided to go out and have some fun and he came back and my dad knew about it. And so while he didn't directly make him, uh, you know, work like that, but he also knew that he needed something, he needed to sleep it off. And so my dad just made sure there was no, like he did not get any rest that day. And, and every once in a while he like, I think one time he, you know, like a can of sardines and cracked it open in front of him to see if he could get him. So it was that whole psychological warfare thing. So I knew exactly what was in store for me if I tried it. And I'm like, I'm not going to go down that route. Wait, I'm just going to avoid I, that completely. I didn't ever come back. My sister came back drunk a couple times, but I never came back drunk. Um, I was always smart. Like, I'm like, you know what? No. But we did come back smelling like pot mm-hmm. a lot. And I know at the time I thought we'd gotten away with it. But I know now that the, no, no. It was just a matter of just let it go. Just yeah. let it go. The only time that I ever got punished was when they found the pot. And it wasn't yours. But yeah. it was never fucking mine. I'm well, telling you. Yeah. Well, no, I remember when you, you finally got your dad to realize that a couple, like six months ago or whatever. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because he was such an asshole to you about it. <laughs> well, and I didn't fight with him at the time. It was, there was one time that it was mine, but it was it was like fucking grass clippings that I had bought because I was a noob. Mm-hmm. And it was so, it was like, it was mostly oregano with, with like a little bit of pot mixed in mm-hmm. for, for, for flair. Right. It was so, and dad called me and I'm like, at least if you're going to buy shit, make sure it's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but that I bought from family so i thought i could trust them nope. yep so yeah it's yeah and so I, it, we're most definitely gonna have to to do things differently with them because i can already see the underpinnings of it now that i don't know that as just gonna experiment as much as tempe sounds like she might be the one that's gonna yeah but she's so obvious when she's drunk or well, in the, under the influence of yeah and so hopefully she comes to realize that soon and figures it out but you know at the same time, I also want them to understand that ultimately, if you guys do something stupid yeah. and you're not home, call me. Yeah. It's going to be far less painful for you to be 
suffering my disappointment than it will be for you to be out somewhere all alone. I feel like I've gotten that across to some of my the older kids that I know, like mm-hmm. my brother, when he was going through that phase of life before mm-hmm. he was going on a mission. Right. I always told them, and I know he knew that I was being serious. Right. And my nephew knows that it's not that I won't ever tell your parents, but I will at least get you home safely and right. and make you presentable before you have to appeal to their better nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like being clean will help. <laughs> yep. Being somewhat sober will help. Right. So exactly, I will bring you to my house. You can have a shower. You can throw up if you need to, and then I'll take make sure that they know that you're safe. Right? Yeah, and it's never because we're trying to undermine anything. No, it's just that- well, that's why I feel it's important to not say you're going to have complete amnesty if you yeah. call me. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about you're. I'd rather you be punished than dead, and and um, you know, I'm not going to step in and do something your mom wouldn't do, but. I know that sometimes calling calling your aunt and having her come get you is a little bit better than right. your mom. Exactly. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting now that, now that she's popped off of that little thing. I'm just like, ah, that's, not, that's not good. But she, good. she doesn't like the taste, smell, et cetera, of beer. We've all given them all a sip of beer no, before. And she doesn't that. like any of that. Trent, on the other hand, you give kids a taste of beer so that they go yuck and then they never ask you again you give trent a little taste of beer he's like can i have one of my own (laughs) (laughs) which would explain his double fisting the uh the uh apple cider apple cider at the wedding (laughs) that's the one that i'm really most concerned about because i'm like i've already i'm already seeing party boy and he's only four jesus if this carries on to his teenage years or his holy shit he's gonna be like I mean, he needs a new party vest for his yeah, birthday. Yeah, but he'll be like Frank the Tank off of I fucking know. Um, I know. whatever that movie was, old school. <laughs> Let's go streaky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be so bad. I mean, he'll be like the life of the party and whatnot, but fuck, it's gonna be horrible for us. <laughs> I mean, he he really is a lot like my dad, just mm-hmm. in so many ways, right? And that's one of them. Like, yeah, like we're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna tear it up. We're gonna get trash we're gonna have a good time um they just finished that beer tour thing in yeah. bend yep like 15 breweries and, and like 46 beers <laughs> six distilled spirits and a bunch like, of ciders in like, in like two days 48 hours they did it in 48, 48 hours. hours so more power to him and now i'm interested i'm like hey, I, he just, <laughs> I, I just i've just been like you know i've just been one up by a old dude i gotta go out here and like take care of some business well, they, they kept posting about it. they're like all the young people here think we're cool yeah. <laughs> exactly and i'm like because you are cool <laughs> so that gets us to the end of my notes um yeah you have anything else babe i do not well so then let's see there's no holidays coming up next week so we can worry about remembering that <laughs> And everything's kosher, so we should have a normal recording schedule. So, yeah, I don't think we have to make any announcements. Um, oh, actually, I do want to say thank you to Brody, our listener, for the uh, shout-out via Facebook on Thanksgiving. Um, it was some kind words that were spoken, and we really appreciate you the feedback from you as a listener, and we appreciate having you as a listener. So, um, uh, oh, yes, that's the news we have. Is that next weekend? Yeah. Is it really that snow that quickly? Yes. So uh, the Kiwis, we're going to have the... Yeah, it is. Woo-hoo! <laughs> so next weekend, we are going to be hanging out with the Kiwis. So if, if our episode next week is a little bit delayed, um, please bear with us. But I, it should be... They should, should be, be on fine. it. 
No, they should be on it. Yeah. Like everything as it's set up right now, we're going to record with uh, Nikki and John from New Zealand, which would be badass. So hopefully we can get that all squared away. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to hang out with them next weekend and that's going to be cool. And we're super stoked that they're back in town. We're going to see them. I've been watching, I've been following them on Instagram and Facebook. Like they're almost here. They're almost here. It's like Santa Claus. Like, Oh, look, he's over. He's over. Uh, Justin's Colorado Christmas right now. is coming yeah. early this year. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it reminds me like the old Santa, Santa trackers and whatnot. Like oh, they're in Salt Lake city. Mm. That means they're almost here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> they started off in like Alaska and they went down to San Francisco, then over to like uh, Vegas. Now they're up in Salt Lake City and then they're going to be heading to Portland last. I'm like, oh, it's so close. <laughs> so we're super excited, super stoked to have you guys coming over and they're going to see the new digs because the last time they were here, we were yep. at the old house. Yep. And um, we're going to go hang we out. We have to clean. Some... We have to clean this weekend. We do have to do some vacuuming. And what... this weekend, we have carpet? one day left. I'm... This week is what I meant. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so we're super stoked about that. So yeah, hopefully next week, if it all goes well, you'll have an extra special uh, Kiwi episode of the Bad Parenting Podcast. Yay! Yay! So um, as usual, if you want to contact us, leave us a voicemail, whatever you can do as Slacker did. You can uh, record your voicemail and send it to grounded at badparentingpodcast.com. Or if you want to dial us, you can do so at 503-609-0375 and leave a voicemail there as well. Um, once again, thank you to all the listeners who have done, given shout outs on Facebook and whatnot. We really appreciate you guys. Um, without you, there is no us, the old Rick Emerson line. Um which I truly and fully believe on multiple levels. I think that's older than Rick Emerson. I but know he said it. Em- but. I, I got it from Emerson. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I, that's how I know it. It's, it's from him. Um, and we really appreciate all, each and every one of you. So um, that you can reach out to us in all those different areas. We are on social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, MySpace, Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc. as Bad Parenting Podcast if you just search for it. We are also a member of the Podcast Collective, and I remember to pull up the website this week, so where did it go? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. It was there. I had it. What happened? Who knows? Oh, I know where it's at. Aha. It should be right there. Aha. I was looking at the wrong window there. So uh, on the collective, we have shows such as ourselves, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, 40 Going on 14, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Minton Box Cast, which I know hasn't had anything new come out recently, but I actually... uh, recently spoke with pat and it's undergoing a retooling and it should be back soon um i'm not going to blow up anything else other than that's what's going on so if you guys want any more information on that you can give him a, a shout out and whatever <laughs> go bug way. That guy. Go bug him. well i just don't <laughs> i don't i don't like releasing stuff that i've heard if i don't know that it's supposed to be out there i just know that which, they are retooling which the show. is what you should do i'm just saying so yeah go bug him if you want to figure out what's going on also uh tales from the hard side the dog and deuce show the empty rant podcast and our friends over at the rad dad radio hour um congrats to them i saw that they just his wife got a, they just got a new car for his wife because her other one was like on their way out on its way out so she got a nissan rogue Ooh, i like those yeah well they have a star wars edition one <gasps> but no like, fucking way yes but it's a limited edition run like only six thousand are being made and it's an extra like 15k above sticker price i would do it for some stickers and I some would emblems do it. no i would do it yeah <laughs> if i had that kind of money to throw around i'd do it sure so um but yeah and and as always we're always chasing down new shows so if anybody out there thinks they know of a show that we could entertain getting on the collective we'd be happy to talk to them about it i'm also got one in the that i'm going to be contacting here soon to see if they want to join up but we also want to say thank you to all of our local or fellow podcasters on the collective we appreciate each and every one of you guys too and we are we're glad to be collaborating in this big giant 
community of, of crossovers and whatnot that we're doing and it's been fun so far and we hope to keep the collaboration train rolling Choo-choo. yeah but nobody loves me actually they all you, for whatever reason a lot of people are like afraid to approach you online <laughs> and ask you about stuff like there's there's times when like you know like well was jody ever wanting to do this kind of something like if you just ask her and so I don't nobody know. ever asked me. Like always, a bridesmaid, your, never a bride. I mean, you just need to chill out your uh, badass attitude there. <laughs> <laughs> Roll back there. Come on now. <laughs> be more approachable, babe. Don't be so standoffish. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just looking at you like I'm standoffish. Like I am. Yeah, yeah. If anything, like, I, I am the easy, copacetic. <laughs> like let's work it out kind of gal you're like hard line in the sand don't cross me (laughs) i've got some softer lines right now they're right around your middle (laughs) right now they're all my abdominal region but geez (laughs) well babe if you have nothing else to add besides poking fun at my fat belly nope (laughs) all right well then until next time try not to be shitty parents bye Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bad Parenting Podcast, a conversational show about all aspects of parenting, the good, the bad, and the smelly. Well, when I was a kid, I'd take a trip every summer. Down to Mississippi, visit my granny and her antebellum work. I'd run barefooted all day long, climbing trees, free as song. One day, I happened to catch myself a squirrel. Well, I stuffed him down in an old shoebox and punched a couple holes in the top. When Sunday came, I snuck him into church. I was sitting way back in the very last pew, showing him to my good buddy Hugh. When that squirrel got loose, went totally berserk. But what happened next is hard to tell. Some thought it was heaven, some thought it was hell. But the fact that something was among us was plain to see. As the choir sang, I surrender all, the squirrel ran up Harv Newland's coveralls. And Harv leaped to his feet and said, something's got a hold on me. Yeah! The day the squirrel went berserk. In the first self-righteous church In a sleepy little town of Pascagoula It was a fight for survival That broke out in revival They were jumping pews and shouting hallelujah Well, Harv hit the out dancing and screaming Some thought he had religion, others thought he had a demon And Harv thought he had a weed eater loose He's through the moves he fell to his knees to plead and beg, and that squirrel ran out of his breeches leg, unobserved, to the other side of the room. All the way down to the Amen pew, where sat Sister Bertha better than you, who'd been watching all the commotion with sadistic glee. <laughs> Should have seen that look in her eyes when that squirrel jumped her garters and crossed her thighs. She jumped to her feet and said, Lord, have mercy on me. As that squirrel made laps inside her dress, she began to cry and then to confess the sins and make a sailor blush with shame. She told of gossip and church dissension, but the thing that got the most attention was when she talked about her love life. And then she started naming names the day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous church in that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. It was a fight for survival that broke out in 
they were jumping pews and shouting hallelujah. hallelujah. Well, seven deacons and the pastor got saved, and $25,000 was raised, and 50 volunteered for missions in the Congo on the spot. <laughs> and even without an invitation, there were at least 500 rededications, and we all got rebaptized whether we needed it or not. Now you've heard the Bible story, I guess, how he parted the waters for Moses to pass. Oh, the miracles of God is wrought in this old world. But the one I'll remember till my dying day is how he put that church back on the narrow way with a half-crazed Mississippi squirrel. Now the day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous church in that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. It was a fight for survival that broke Congratulations on the birth of that. (laughs) It's a boy. It sounded solid. (laughs) It might be dead. It's not moving. That's morbid. (laughs) And gross. Between the smell and the lack of movement. (laughs) It's all done now. Here it goes.